Welcome to a very special episode of Your Two Show. We spoke with Professor of Sonic Studies Zelani Stewart, live from Mobius University, about a very controversial topic, Sonic 06. It is in fact so controversial and so serious that we talked for a really long time and we're going to release this episode in multiple parts. So hold on to your butts as we learn a little bit more about Zelani, Sonic 06, and ourselves. Hi, Nick. Hi, Zelani. Hi, Caleb. Have uh, <laughs> ha, have you guys ever felt like you believed in ghosts? No, I've never been someone who believes in ghosts. I'm not a ghost person. Yeah, I was unfortunately pretty mystical as a child, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm. I think I'm past that now. Yeah, you don't believe in ghosts anymore. Well, the the like they're they're in my childhood house if you were downstairs and alone in the house sometimes you would hear footsteps across the upper floor like dis- distinct discreet like screenk 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 like p- passing from one side of the building to the other and i don't think that's a ghost but i also don't think there's a scientific explanation for that <laughs> so yes and no but do you believe in ghosts caleb oh uh personally i don't know if i believe them but i was watching one of those uh ghost tv shows Mm. and uh that's a tv show that was on the air but has since perished and now can only be seen in the dead of night (laughs) (laughs) yes a tv show for ghosts by ghosts yeah uh in this particular episode they were talking about video game ghosts oh Mm -hmm. Oh. characters characters that died in video games and then uh came back to life as ghosts which could then you know affect reality with their their ghosty things these these hunters had like their little detectors right mm-hmm. they were like scanning around mm-hmm. and in this particular episode i'm pretty sure they were uh hunting uh, the ghost of dr robotnik from when he was killed in shadow the hedgehog oh, oh no, no. <laughs> when, when he was karate chopped to death <laughs> yeah uh they were hunting his ghost and uh, in the process, they found this really weird slime all over the walls. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Very it gross. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in his like uh, his evil lair, his video game evil lair. These these real life uh, ghost hunters were in the video game evil lair of Doctor Robotnik. This I just want to make that really complicated. Clear. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There's a lot of fiction. In this too. A lot of. <laughs> um, and do you know what they decided to call that slime on the walls? What did they call it? <laughs> Eggtoplasm. No. Listen, today's episode is about failure, so... Yes, it is about failure. It's about, it's, about, it's about the failures that all of us have every day that we push through. Yeah, exactly. Really uh, fun for a Sonic podcast. Really, uh, yeah. yeah really. Great, great talk, that's for sure. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Delaney. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. It's very nice. It means a lot for you to be here. But welcome, everybody, to your two show, a Sonic podcast and a a, uh, a show in which we carry on through our re- just endless and incessant failures. <laughs> a, Sonic, a Sonic podcast and a failure podcast. Um, That's exactly right. Which is actually very appropriate, honestly, for a Sonic podcast to be. Um, yeah, especially for this episode where we want to talk about Sonic 06. 
uh, a game that is a failure wrapped in a mistake, <laughs> wrapped in a, a development hell. <laughs> wrapped in art. And wrapped in art. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, art is the but the core and the outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, a little bit about you, Zolani, I feel like we should tell our listeners. Um, so, on a personal note, I went on a trip to Colorado uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I guess, uh, and I on that trip to Colorado, got linked to your p- this piece on Sonic 06. And over the course of a hike where I ended up alone, read the entirety of this piece while I was uh, frustrated and bored and tired. You, you read and the piece on a hike? Alone? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, That's a really and- morbid thing, by the way, to do, <laughs> to read this piece on a hike alone. I wrote this piece when I was living by myself. I wanted to say, I wrote this piece during a very also difficult period in my life. I feel like... I feel like you should, like, if you read it, like, that might actually transfer. So that's actually very strange. Uh, yeah, I, I I wanted to ask you ab- about that, but uh, are, uh, sorry, is there any other... Um... <laughs> yeah, so I was just going to say, I and that piece actually uh, planted the seed that grew into this podcast even existing in the first place. So I wanted to say thank you for that uh, live and for sure on the air. That is so nice. That is really nice. You know, I'm never, I'm never really sure if like anything, uh, any of the stuff I've written about Sonic like actually transfers and like, like sort of translates to people and people understand it. And so, when when people tell me and they come back and they're like, "Hey, that thing you wrote, like it made sense to me and like it like broadened my own perspective." That's actually like I use that as a success. So I do appreciate that. I do. Absolutely, yeah. That uh, Caleb started texting me while on that trip. Oh my me. god, this piece is Sonic 06. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. And he was like, <laughs> exactly he was like, right. he's like, dude, if you ever played Sonic 06, and at that time, I was really about as far away from the Sonic world as I could have gotten just by, just by, <laughs> you know, not, not on purpose, just because of time and, and tragedy. Yeah. And I was like, no, dude, I have not, I don't know, I don't know anything about Sonic 06 except that I don't think I want to know about Sonic 06, but your piece really reframed the game and got got C- Caleb talking about Sonic almost every day for about <laughs> six months and, and he started diving real deep in a lot of different ways and eventually we were, we were talking about uh, you know maybe we should do a podcast and see if we can figure out how to talk about stuff in public and uh, and finally we went well hey why don't we just talk about Sonic like you always do <laughs> so so I want to say thank you uh, also for the change that you've brought into my life thank you <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, my, my condolences, honestly, for bringing that bug to other people. That's, I, I usually see that. this as a bit of a curse, honestly. To that be, hedge bug. You know, just to be con- yeah, the hedge bug, to be constantly thinking about rabbit hole Sonic stuff. Um, and so my, my condolences to everyone who listens to this podcast. Thank you. I've been feeling that uh, curse this week as Sonic, as, uh, sorry, as Caleb, I did it. I did it. I called Caleb Sonic. Um, yes. As Caleb made me play through the Sonic story of Sonic 06 uh, over the last few days. And I've I've really been changed by the experience. Um, really? Yeah. Real quick. Oof. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna get there. I, I just want to draw some other stuff about you. So, uh, you are a writer and essayist, especially regarding video games. Yeah. Through an art criticism lens. Uh huh. And Sonic specifically, you've published uh, essays like "Where Sonic the Hedgehog Went Wrong" for Kotaku, yep. uh, "Expressionism in Sonic Adventure 2," yep. a two-part series on Sonic Adventure. Uh huh. And the piece we're talking about today on Sonic 06, which was published by the Zeal Project. 
Yes. Um, correction. Three parts of, of Sonic Adventure, because oh. who doesn't need more writing on Sonic <laughs> yeah. Adventure, right? Dear Lord. Almost a book chapter of it. And I want to plug Zeal really quick, because everything I've seen from Zeal has been so, so good and cool. They're an online magazine of alternative and experimental comics and pop culture criticism, uh, founded by AVB, I believe. Yes. And their Patreon is online at patreon.com slash mammonmachine, M-A-M-M-O-N-M-A-C-H-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. Please give money to Zeal. It's really important. Um, Absolutely. Every Zeal has published pretty much all of my favorite stuff that I've ever written through Zeal, so it's very, very important. Support really, really good writing on video games. Yes. If you do that, and then the culture will get better. That's that's pretty much how it works. Absolutely, and I think that's true. Like the 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 ways that people talk about video games um, from a, a personal and a political and a professional standpoint have all changed. Uh, pretty dramatic, like pretty, pretty, pretty dramatically, dramatically, pretty drastically, <laughs> drastically dramatically in 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 the last few years. Thanks, fantastically, fantastically, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks to stuff like the the Zeal Project, yeah, and to writers like you, um, to thank you. Like me. You know, yeah. I've been I've been writing for like oh, like four years now about video games, and like I've watched it like get like slightly better, and things like change it for time, and like I've watched like magazines, like really alt magazines, come up and then die, and like over time. Like yeah. over cycles and stuff like that, you know. Like it's really a worthwhile thing. Like I really want to push like you giving money to Zeal out of anything else. Like absolutely, it's really really good to do so. When you talk about stuff that people don't really know about, like it helps like expand their canon and like our understanding of you know like what's around, and it helps us. Um, it helps us view video games in a more perspective light, and it, like it really does like improve the culture over time. Like it's a really really good venture to have. So I yeah. would definitely want to like push that sale like push the brand definitely well uh, is there anything else uh we should know about you uh no that's that, that's mostly the most important thing uh that's it that's all that there is okay then, yeah <laughs> and so let's start with your sonic 06 story so like how did you first experience this game what led to you working on this piece the yeah, history where, where were you at that time yeah so i mean like uh i started i also had the point where i mean everyone has the point where they kind of fall off sonic i mean life happens and stuff you know <laughs> Um, I grew up with Sonic for a while, but then I did other things, and then I sort of rediscovered Sonic after college, um, after junior college, basically, because mm-hmm. I didn't come back. Um, and so uh, I started reading the Sonic comic books, which was like really, really interesting. Those comic books, pretty much before the Genesis Wave canon, so like everything before like uh, 320 or something like that, okay. it was like really, really interesting. That, that should be another podcast, honestly, but... Yeah. Um, you know, and so I started tweeting a lot of screenshots of it and like talking about it, and that's when um, one of the editors at Kotaku got at me and was like, "Yo, this is like really good. Cool. Like these are good takes. Like we need <laughs> like the, we we need like the fire takes for a website." And I was like, "Yeah, I can bring the fire takes. Awesome." Um, and so if if we want to talk about if you want to talk about like morbidness and like Sonic, like I got that piece published on the day that I went to a few that I went to my first funeral. Um, oh god! And I'm in and I'm coming out of the funeral home and I got a text from my from my buddy. Um, and they're like, yo, there's Peace and Sonic published while I'm in the car, like driving to the cemetery. And I'm like, Whoa. oh, that's a really nice thing. That was the first Peace and Sonic I ever wrote um, years ago. Wow. Um, and when I did it, it got like a really, really good reception. One of the things that they got when I first published the Kotaku piece, the first Kotaku piece in Sonic, um, was that people didn't realize that you can think about Sonic in this way, which is really strange because, I mean, it's always like been obvious to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, when you when you read sonic media and you take it seriously which is the trouble for people it's like but if you just read sonic like you read any other media then you kind of realize that um it's just like it's it's media with themes and with ideas and has like artistic successes and some failures 
and so you can actually write some pretty interesting stuff about it. Yeah. But I realized it was such a revelation that it actually kind of was a surprise, and I realized it was actually, I could I can keep writing about this stuff, you know, and I can keep getting people's attention and actually, you know, be able to maybe open some kind of perspective, which is the whole point of me writing about video games in the first place. And so any opportunity I get to do more of it, you know, is pretty much a good thing. So, yeah. Um, I started writing more stuff about Sonic. I wrote the Expressionist thing. I wrote some other kinds of blog pieces about Sonic here and there. Um, and I always knew that at some point, especially after I wrote about Sonic Adventure, which took a long time. That was a, that was a piece, I think it was about 7,000 words. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> split into three parts. It's, it's split in three parts because I emailed AV. Because the way it works is that, is that, is, is that I go to Zeal and I'm like, I want to write something really messed up. And they're like, oh, okay. And then I don't. And then I leave. And then I come back eight months later with 7,000 words. And then AV's yeah. like, listen. Listen, Zelani, okay. Like, <laughs> listen, I love you, Zelani, okay, but like, can we, like, can we split this up, please? Oh my god, please can we split this up. And I'm like, ah, oh, but like, it's so important that it's 7,000 words all at once. Oh, it's kind of like drinking like a really messed up IPA or something. Um, you know, it's like, a, you it's know, supposed it's, to it's, hurt it's, a little bit. Yeah, it's supposed to hurt a little bit. You know, it's supposed to, it's supposed to feel the pain of it. That's the point of the Sonic. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but we end up splitting it up. And it was a good decision because a lot of people, were able to read it <laughs> so yeah a good thing, you know so the sonic adventure thing was kind of an epic it was kind of like a three-part epic i think that's kind of how i viewed it you know yeah that's great um so that was a good idea and then after that i realized okay well at some point i'm gonna have to write about sonic sex i always kind of knew that it would have to happen <laughs> it was know? lurking in the back of your mind <laughs> yeah of course you know because it's like okay like this is like the you know if we're because now i realize that i was sort of like building a bit of like an art history of this game you know yeah which isn't really done very much you know video game history i don't want to get i mean the thing is that i feel like it's important to mention which is that like video game history uh is a bit of more like a commercial history it's like a history of like entrepreneurship right yeah it's a history of like you know people trying to make some consoles here's some person they tried to make a vector console in 1980 it didn't work out and so it's always about the history of a business but we don't we haven't been very good at cementing an art history and art history is a history of media it's it's a history of media themes and media structures. It's a history of of, of artism uh, of video games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of the thing, you know, yeah. um, and that's the kind of history that that we haven't been doing a great job at pushing, right. um, and that's cementing, you know. So it's it, it was a useful thing, you know, to to get to a point where I'm eventually like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, like it's really, really important, you know, historically, and it's also important critically that I eventually do some really large piece about this game to be able to cement how important it actually is. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you study uh, art or art history in school? No, I didn't. Okay, no, I didn't. I actually failed out of college, honestly. Hey, so hey, so did I. Um, no <laughs> yeah, high five. <laughs> That's a common ground. Oh I have, yeah, it's great. No, I'm, I'm just, this is great. You know, yeah, yeah. I actually the only reason I got into our history because I just read a lot of books. Honestly. That's great. Kind of yeah, I, I I really uh, improved my own education after I left college. Also, but I learned. I, I did I did study I did study uh, art and art history for the last two years that I was in school and have a little bit of grounding in that, but like oh it's nice not you know, whatever uh so that's that's interesting um it's funny that sonic 06 is l- like lurking over your shoulder in this way because uh we also read what was the other piece about sonic's development troubles it was, was andrea wrote that piece yes she was she wrote that piece yeah yeah it's called just how did sonic 2006 happen yeah so that was super interesting to read i didn't read that until yesterday um and at the end of that one I think she mentions that, like, Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 has been delisted from the Xbox Live store because Sega felt felt that it was damaging the brand. And kind of there's this mention or this context of this game maybe being 
part of the reason why people don't take Sonic very seriously. Oh yeah, of course. As, I mean, it was the game that like ruined his reputation. They kind of like right. put the nail in the coffin. But I but I think it's fascinating to bring it back around and that your piece does a, a good job of uh, rehabilitating it and kind of going, ah, see, sometimes something that's interesting is hard to see at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that Sonic 06 lurks around me, but it lurks on me because it lurks on everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, it's like, I mean, it, it really, no, but it really is like the ghost, yeah, that yeah. kind of like of, of gaming, the ghost of gaming's past, you know, like when gaming finally, you know, like whatever happens to this culture, you know, if we ever get our three goes, one of them is going to be the Sonic Six, like literally yeah. like a box, like plastic box, Sonic Six, like yeah, being like you have fails and sin, <laughs> um, you know. And, but one of the one of the things is like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole reason why I feel like writing about the game was so important was because it's like it has such a huge, I mean, like it the, the context of it around it is so monumental. I yeah, mean, it's like maybe monumental is a bad thing. I mean, it's, I shouldn't say monumental because it sounds really positive. It, it had a really because I mean it, it's it has a very very big impact in the culture. I mean it really really did. I think we kind of like underestimate that and we try to like bury it, but no. And so yeah. that's why writing about the game, you know, the game itself is also like I mean we'll get to it, but I mean the game itself is like also just full of like all of this super packed in context, you know. And then yeah. everything around the game is really heavy and weighty too, you know. So yeah, like yeah, like the, the piece was always eventually going to be kind of um like especially because when we designed the piece because we designed the presentation of the piece you know it was okay. i think kate wirtz who did the kate wirtz uh, she did the uh, the art for the mm -hmm. piece and one of the things um was that you, you know and i did a lot of the type design because i actually now i am a student now i am getting back into you know the education okay um, and i studied graphic design um, cool and it was and i worked on a lot of like the typography for the piece and stuff and the presentation of it and the whole point was to be able to show that this is like a very very big deal yeah you know, that you this got... history is a big deal that it's kind of like this epic not yeah. only like the game itself but everything around it you know you got so, the big yeah, the big sure. roman numerals and the yeah exactly yeah, like, yeah all that very, is intentional it's very weighty and very i like i I've, i felt that immediately too like oh okay we're doing something serious it's here. like oh oh no yeah, yeah i like that it's it's like sonic 06 is not so much like monumental if that's a positive word but it's more like obelistical or like <laughs> it's it's monolithic yeah, yeah it's i know the, that's a great yeah definitely <laughs> it's the weird gravestone hovering over everybody yeah so we talk a lot here on the show uh and between each other about about how uh, we try our best in our day-to-day -day lives to take uh, that which is considered silly very seriously. Uh -huh. um, and I th and I think uh, an interesting thing ab about Sonic 06 and the way that Sonic fandom and the wider culture has addressed it is that they have turned it into like uh, something that isn't allowed to be anything other than silly most of the time. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, you talk about failure in this way as it just being totally ridiculous and like this this game being a totally uh just broken mess like yeah to make fun of and yeah. laugh at and it, it's it was just there was something so 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 exciting about uh taking that which is even in the midst of sonic which is uh, overall considered pretty silly the like silliest weirdest core of that which is sonic 06 and uh, the way your piece totally handles it in a completely opposite way from most of the talk i've seen around it was so like evocative and interesting well I mean, the reason is because sonic 06 is really serious i mean it's really it's such a serious game yeah. it might be one of the most serious games of sonic in general you know and so yeah it's like it's so like it's so natural to me to do it you know what i mean to do it that way and i think the reason other people don't do it is because of their own biases honestly totally like, it to be like a little shady like that's kind of that's kind of it i mean like it's so 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 the way i do it is probably the most appropriate way to approach it honestly in my opinion um like it's what sonic 06 in particular absolutely 
Yeah. I mean, the way people kind of like put, I mean, the reason, okay. So the reason why people kind of like distance it as silly is because they want to distance themselves from it and it makes them feel uncomfortable to take Sonic seriously um, for reasons that, I mean, oh God. Um, (laughs) It's kind of, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, the, the, them, them trying to make Sonic silly, and this comes into a larger thing about Sonic in a larger cultural context that, you know, is also kind of a thing I don't want to get into too much, but, mm-hmm. you know, people want to emotionally distance themselves from it. Um, and so it kind of, like, it, it's a sense of, it's a sort of, like, very cheap way to sort of, like, assert superiority over the thing to not be able to take something seriously, even yeah, though it takes itself extremely seriously, you know? And, and I like to think that the piece and pieces like it um, are mostly about trying to approach something in a way that's earnest, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, so, so the 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 like standard cultural poison of irony is to take something <laughs> yeah. serious, like th- to take a serious thing and treat it silly, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right? To tr- to make fun of it and to make it to undermine its credibility. Yeah. And so, was the kind of is 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 there an established term for like an anti-ironic move where you? Um, they they usually call it they usually call it post sincerity or like sincerity or new sincerity is kind okay. of what the cultural critics okay. call it. Um, Where, all those names are bad, but they are. Yeah, like, like, that's usually what that's usually yeah. what they call it. Yeah. So, but but just to say, like, it, in, to to take something earnestly instead, like as you said, it's like that is a uh, a, a powerful move. It's like a radical decision. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. And I've appreciated that approach for for a long time. Um, what, why do you think that Sonic makes people uncomfortable? Oh Jesus. Um. Uh. So is that too is, big a question? No. Okay. The thing is, is that. Like part of me doesn't really know, and I've always and I've always found it like a little bit strange. There is a person like, but maybe we maybe you can help me a bit with this because yeah. it's something that I've always been accused about. So so um, there's this person who wrote an academic article for their school about how Shadow the Hedgehog is a character who represents abandonment. Okay, you know he's abandoned by you know Maria and other folks, and and so you know he's someone who searches for a father figure or, or someone who whose lack of a father figure in his own life affects how he does things mm-hmm. right yeah and i'm reading this i'm reading like the presentation of it because that person never put it in life for some reason um oh and i'm reading the abstract of it and i'm like this is so obvious so like oh, of course like this is great that someone wrote this yeah but i i noticed that it got into like the sonic fandom as in like the sonic fandom uh like, capital sf sonic fandom okay and, like, <laughs> all right everyone and, like everyone was like oh my god this is awful like everyone was like laughing at it They're like how could someone write something serious about sonic i'm like this is all you people talk about all the time but like weird like you know someone writing this piece that's like extremely clear that this is what shadow was about but that makes people uncomfortable um i think people have a very particular perception of sonic that goes back to their childhood yeah in the sense that they want sonic to just be this weird like sort of static concept sonic is like the cool hedgehog who runs around and Mm -hmm. stuff and that's pretty much it like no one wants no one wants any sonic to ever like expand past that but as someone who started playing sonic um, during the Adventure Days, as in I, the first Sonic game I ever actually played was Sonic Adventure 2, um, and it's still my favorite to this day. Um, yeah, I feel like same. Yeah, right. Hey, let's go. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the things is is for me, I guess, is kind of that um, I view Sonic as a fiction, not as just like a concept or like an entertainment mascot who just yeah. should just be there. Yeah, you know, yeah. like Sonic is a fiction, right? And Sonic being a fiction means that Sonic should expand and like explore its themes and do lots of things with itself you know yeah um but but and that makes people uncomfortable for some reason i, don't know. I was yeah. gonna say i think something useful there might be uh to talk about the way people approach sonic versus the way they approach uh mascot figures like mario because the way that i interpret sonic in uh sonic properties in media is as a figure that started as 
a two-dimensional mascot and has refused to stay that way. Like, uh, even yeah. if Sonic the character has sort of tried to stay there, the wider idea of Sonic has always been trying to get more complicated and interesting and, like, versus, the- like, the figure of Mario, which has stayed static in the way that you're describing, like, stayed yeah. that, like, pure image. Yeah, and the reason is because Mario is like static and boring. Um, but yeah. Sonic is is interesting <laughs> naturally. I, I'm I'm totally just throwing. It, I don't care. But one yeah, of that's fine. Is that, you know, like like Sonic, like for me personally, Sonic is like naturally interesting and mm-hmm. has always been. Even you know, in a lot of the 2D games, Sonic has always been very suggestive about lots of different kinds of ideas and themes and such. I mean, like you know, I still have a copy to this day. I have a copy of the Sonic OVA VCR. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even play it anymore because I don't have a VCR anymore. But I keep it like it's my soul. Um, like <laughs> I've like, never seen that. Thing, like when I moved out, I was like, I I wrapped it in a thing and I was like putting it very carefully in the box. And I was like, okay, like this thing will stay with me forever. You know, it's one your phylactery. Yeah, I don't even know what phylactery <laughs> is, but I I'm, I'm agreeing with that's where that's um, where a, that's where a lich stores its soul in the game Dungeons and Dragons. So <laughs> really, yeah, there yes. we go. Oh my gosh, it's an object okay. just so you can stay alive as long as you're as long. Anyways, okay, so there we go. <laughs> they, 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 don't, they don't tell you that in the oldest Scrolls. Damn. Um, cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so Sonic is sort of like like Sonic like naturally evokes certain kinds of themes, and so it, it was never possible for Sonic to just be this sort of shallow kind of image right the image that just kind of like it's replicated over and over again right like yeah. sort of the simulacra like they can't like sonic can't be that and everyone's trying to make him that and all the fans want him to be that but he can't because sonic has because there, there's too much there are too many ideas around sonic for him to just be this weird like shallow mascot character yeah um, and that's why sonic always naturally just like explodes into all these ideas and all that kind of stuff while mario can stay very safe about it yeah and there, there's something about the Sonic universe that allows people to do that, like to insert themselves or like for almost every new like major entry in the Sonic game series has new characters in it. Like yeah. new and, and they're almost like whoever wrote this game, that's their OC almost <laughs> in a great way most yeah. of the time. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is that on one hand, I think it's important to mention that Sonic has a bunch of animal characters. And that's also a part of it too, which is yeah. like people who were. I, I really do think part of it, like, is that people have this really petty thing about animal characters, where they see animal characters and they're like, oh, like. I really think it's like really small stuff like that, like nothing even that meaningful in um, in some senses. Well, um, some yeah. people are able to dismiss this thing because it's animals, but other people yeah. are able to invest themselves more readily because it's not a middle aged white man. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> right? so what? So what? Right. Well, that that's a huge thing. I mean, like yeah. you know, um, man, black people in Sonic is a whole thing, right? Like it really is. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty great. One of the one of the things is like like when Sonic Sonic Riders was like a game that came out in 06 as well. Um it's a great game. Um I haven't seen that sort one. Sort of Yeah, it, it's fantastic. I mean, it's a little flawed, but I mean, it's really fun. It's a good time, you know. Cool. It's a game that deserves a good sequel in a sense, right? Definitely a good first try. Um but like I, re- I still remember when it came out, there's all this like fervor. It was like, "Wow, you know, like why does Sonic have a board? Like you should run. Like why does he need a board?" It's like because Sonic is like a person who has fun and like does things and has like yeah. a like you know, like like a you know, Sonic is someone who has like a diverse and interesting life. You know, right? Like, you know, he doesn't run every. You know what I mean? But it's it's like people have this very. Like you can enjoy track and four wheelers. Like you can <laughs> yeah, get on yeah, an ATV no. and it's still a good time. Yeah, it's it's kind of like people have this like people have this like really static concept of Sonic and like when it like diverts from it, everyone's like, ah, what are you doing? Like Sonic is just supposed to be this weird image that just replicates itself. You yeah. know, but no, like Sonic is a fiction, and Sonic being a fiction that means like sometimes he hangs out with his friends, and sometimes he goes boarding, and sometimes he like yeah is sad, you know, yep, and like thinks about life and stuff like we all do, you know, mm-hmm. about failure like we all do, you know. 
So how about I'll do a quick overview of the plot of Sonic 06, and then we can start talking, diving into the meat of that game itself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll do my best with this one. <laughs> Just a quick overview. I, I can help you if you like. Yeah, um, absolutely. How, uh, that, how, would, how, how would you summarize this game, Zeleny? Oh, dear Lord. Oh my God. Do you want to try or do you want Caleb to try? <laughs> Actually, I can give it a try and then Caleb can give it a try. I, I want to give it a try. <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like you might be more qualified to. <laughs> Okay, so Sonic 6 is about a group of characters who basically spent a lot of their time traveling through time for a bunch of various reasons that never actually coalesced. <laughs> yep. um, that, that, that sounds like me copping out, but I'm like trying to be as accurate as possible. That's, yeah. the, that's has, the one line summary. Yeah. There are four or five different ways that they travel through time. <laughs> yeah, they all, they all kind of travel through time a lot. Um, they solve problems, sort of. They ne- Actually, they attempt to solve problems they never solve. They attempt to, to they, they constantly come through new enemies. They constantly like gradually discover like, who their particular antagonist is. Yeah. And then they never defeat that antagonist. <laughs> yes. Um, it's kind of, like, the way Sonic 06 works. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, like, Sonic 06 is, like, a weird, like, comedy of errors, honestly. It's kind of, like, what the game is. I've been thinking about it as a duality between Silver and Shadow that Sonic just happens to be there for. Yeah, yeah. I think that's also a, a fair reading of it yeah. as well. Like, the major plot points are just to review. Sonic is trying to save a princess over and over and failing, uh, mm-hmm. Shadow is trying to stop the. He's first trying to save Rouge the Bat, and then he's trying to stop the demon Mephilus, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then Silver is trying to save the future where he is from from being consumed by the demon Iblis. Yeah. Can I just say it's actually Mephiles, which is horrible. It's like disgusting. It's like you hear do, and you're like Mephiles, Mephiles. But it's actually Mephiles. Do they it's actually the proper pronunciation of it? At some some point in the game, they do say like some one of them pronounces it Mephilus. Yeah, they like they in, say the in the cutscenes. Oh, do they? Okay, I may actually have it incorrect then. I don't know, but uh, but there are multiple pronunciations of different things in the game, and at one point someone says Shadow the Hedgehog, like they're signing off from a radio, <laughs> like they're signing off on the radio transmission. So I don't know how anything's pronounced in this game. Uh, I, I, actually, the way the way I understand it is that Shadow calls him Mephilus, and Mephilus calls himself Mephiles. Oh, okay, I missed that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah geez. Yeah. I, think, I, think it's, I think it's how it is. But again, I mean, when I, when I wrote the piece, I had, like, commenters going, like, ah, you missed this, like, little detail in the thing. Oh, like, okay. Oh, he doesn't say this, he says it, you know. So, well, so, knows, honestly. so even in this regard, like, Shadow fails to properly meet his antagonist. <laughs> like, he's yeah. going around saying, I met Mephilus, and, Mep- and Mephiles is over there going, you idiot, I say, <laughs> you not, you can't say my name because you're from America, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's out of America. <laughs> and in true to tradition eventually what happens is all of the main characters come together uh to hold their chaos emeralds and using the power of friendship uh turn yeah. everybody into super versions of themselves uh-huh. take down a giant enemy uh, using a gameplay mechanic that has not existed for the rest of the game and yep. then uh in this case there's a twist on that because instead of living happily ever after until the next game they just rewrite history so that the whole game never happened yeah yep, exactly that's exactly it, what happens it turns out that iblis and mephiles slash mephilus are two halves of one god who have been split in an earlier a- accident that killed yeah, so a, a scientific experiment yeah that, that killed elise's <laughs> yeah. uh father the king um, and then they are reunited to form the god Solaris, and then they blow out the candle that contains Solaris's essence, and that undoes everything that happened while Solaris was an exist an extant entity. 
Yeah. And so then everything's like, oh, whoops. Whoa, oh, sorry about that. Oh, Jesus. That was a big problem. Oh, and oh, it damn. was all a dream. <laughs> that, that, that good way to end all, any media. Um, but it's not meaningless for the player who has experienced these stories in, in you know, piecemeal over many, many hours. Uh, and then you have to deal with that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's not meaningless just because it's it's undone at the end in a certain way. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, like, like basically, the game kind of like reversing itself is like a way to like end in some kind of way that feels cohesive, right? Because yeah. I mean, they could. I mean, the the, uh, the way I see it is that the game is just everyone just loses in the end. Yeah, um, like there's no there's no real action. So the way it is like no one's ever actually able to complete their goals. Um, and then the reverse is kind of like a weird cop out the game does to be able to like have some kind of ending that that feels that doesn't feel completely nihilistic. Yeah, I guess so. And just totally, just, just totally of a bummer. <laughs> but I mean, like it's still a bummer anyways because you know that this is the way the game goes. Yeah. Know? If they ever, if they ever try to pursue their goals at all, they'll just fail. Come on, let the beat, a rocket, and he's ready to go. Cause now the countdown is started, and he's ready to blow. So you talk a lot about failure in uh-huh. this piece, and you've you've already mentioned it a couple times today today today. Uh, okay about all how all these characters are failing and you talk about it in your piece a little bit but i was wondering if you could give us a little bit more on that or what your thoughts on that are yeah well i mean the thing is is that, is that uh sonic 06 starts by putting everyone in a situation um sort of like no one in sonic no one in sonic 06 is in a is in a, a sort of an advantage situation mm-hmm. um which is different because in sonic Adventure 2 starts by sonic beating up a bunch of guards and then he, you know, gets out of the airplane, and everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, and he's like, I'm cool, and I'm snowboarding. You know, but that's the thing is, is that is that Sonic Adventure Two affirms Sonic, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, in the beginning of the story. Um, and if I recall correctly, Sonic Adventure also affirms Sonic in, in the beginning of the story as well. Um, you know, yeah, actually, it does affirm Sonic because Sonic Adventure starts. It, it starts with a couple of like shots of Station Square, but it also starts with him looking at the skyline, and so it's kind of like. You know, it's like, here is the hero who's coming to, you know, stop something. And so it starts with a sort of mystery that affirms Sonic's beliefs and mm-hmm. affirms his curiosities, right? Yeah. Um, but Sonic 6 doesn't do that. Um, Sonic 6 is essentially, um, well, I mean, for Sonic, you're right that, that Sonic is totally a tool throughout the whole thing. I think Caleb mentioned that. Right? Yeah. Um, and so Sonic is kind of like doing this weird rat chase where he's like going around trying to save Elise and do other things as well. Yeah. Right. Other things that he doesn't even understand. There are things that are going around him that he can't comprehend and that it's clear that he doesn't understand, that he can't grasp very well. And he just doesn't um, care. No, no, he, <laughs> does, he doesn't He doesn't care. And it, it feels like the game is kind of like he's not pushing around the story. The story's pushing him around. Or, right. And it's kind of like taking him for a ride, you know? Yeah. And as a player, you're being taken for a ride. Like, so, yeah, yeah, so, you are. so I just freshly played the Sonic story like this this week for the first time ever. And I uh-huh. did not. I'm sorry, by the way. It's OK. Funny. Hey, it's all right. I I I. I, I played it all the way through. Yeah, you got wanted, through. Yeah, good, fantastic job. You know. Geez. Yeah, one hundred percent. We yeah. wanted to. Uh, I wanted to quit like almost every new batch of levels. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but, I know. I know. But but the interesting thing is that it that it makes you fail so so fast that you can go. Oh, never mind. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but that just by persevering and trying a few more times, I was able to learn the patterns and so forth of do and, and do that. But from a story perspective. You do not understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So like when you, it's so weird that the first story is Sonic's story, and you're just, it's like, oh, here's a silver hedgehog. Who the heck is this? Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's somebody else for a second. Bye. Yeah. So I mean, like, like for the thing is that is that Sonic's story is like a little bit decontextualized a bit, um, right? And so like it doesn't get into like the meat of the themes yet. I imagine the way it was understood from Sonic Team um, was that you know that they want to start Sonic being a little bit lighter. 
a little bit decontextualized. It doesn't. Yeah. They don't succeed, obviously. But you yeah. know, this is, I think, their intention <laughs> is that a little bit lighter, a little bit decontextualized. And then when you go into the, the alt stories, that's when it gets kind of interesting, kind of yeah. heavy and such. I mean, that's the way Sonic Adventure Two was because you know, getting Shadow's perspective, you get a perspective into um, some of the deeper histories about the arc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so this is kind of like it's a little bit of tradition to do that, but it doesn't actually work out that way. Is kind of the thing. And and so Sonic Story is kind of like a failure in a bit of like a goofy kind of sense, a yeah. little bit. Um, and then, but then the way the other characters, and then it gets like really heavy. I think it, it's almost like Sonic Story is is committing that that crime of not taking his own world seriously that we just talked yeah. about, right? Like the Sonic Story is the like, hey, you're Sonic, run fast and catch Eggman, haha. Oh, what's this weird thing? Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, Sonic is kind of Sonic is kind of like always like been a little bit like that. Even in, I mean, even Sonic Adventure Two, he's kind of like one dimensional, yeah. Because all the fiction around them is really interesting. It can deepen it well, and all the other characters in Sonic Adventure 2 are so good. They're so mm-hmm. good. Yes, and he's like the blank protagonist hero kind of character. Yeah, Except yeah. that he has enough character that it's jarring yeah, for yeah. me. So, 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 <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, is that Sonic in Sonic Adventure 2 is interesting, and he's exciting to watch. And mm-hmm. he does things, and he feels good about himself, and he's confident about things, and his voice acting isn't terrible. Yeah. And so, like, when he, <laughs> you know, when he goes, so when he goes about things, and, like, when the giant egg thing, when after Pyramid Cave when like the giant um robot the egg robot statue thing comes up and it goes and it hits the ground and sonic's like come and get some and like does this thing with his hands i was like okay this person is like really cool like he he defeats challenges you know <laughs> and so and so and so there's a way that the, the story says with conflicts with them but but in in sonic of six all that is pretty much taken away sonic has his agency taken away basically yeah. so so sonic is just as one-dimensional as he always was but but the problem is is that the way is that the the, the story never you know, it never gives him a cookie for anything, you know, right. like, you know, he, he never, he never takes control of the universe in a way. Like he, he's, he's so powerful. He's so utterly powerless in a way he doesn't even understand. I think the subtext of that is like really clear. You know? Yeah. And he's unaffected even when he's like, Elise is apparently falling in love with him. Yeah. He's just like, wah, like just like glassy eyed, just like, just smile. What's yeah, the problem? What it's yeah. so good. Should we talk about that again? If, if we're yes. going from like story to story, okay. Okay, actually, okay. <laughs> so the thing about Sonic and Elise is that A, it's super creepy. Yes. It's like maximum creepy. The thing is that and I say this in the piece, <laughs> but I wanna say I wanna say this in the podcast now, is that, you know, um, so the first scene where they're with Elise and Sonic gets Elise back and then like they're going through the forest and so yeah. it's that it's a really long scene. That's the thing I'm trying to I was trying to communicate, I don't think I got across. Is that when they're in the meadows, which is like a window XP meadow? Yes. Like it looks so, it looks so strange. <laughs> like it looks so strange and fake. You know, it's so it's fake. Like, yeah. It's it, yeah. It looks super bad. And like you know, and the thing is, is that, that you can tell by the shots that they're trying to communicate that they're there for a long time, which is disturbing because you don't know what they're doing with each <laughs> yeah. other. Like what are they like? What are they talking about? You know, like what is their? You know what I mean? Like these these two people are so shallow in every way conceivable. You know, there's several other times when Elise is like, "Well, Sonic told me." blank and like no he didn't yeah like but he must have they must have like the game implies that they talked about stuff yeah. along the way and she yeah. relays things that he says that we never get to hear him say i think right right or i miss them i don't know so so yeah they do maybe have some deeper conversational relationship that the game does not illustrate right i mean the thing is is that is that it's hard for me to conceive that they even have any deeper conversation relationship which is what yeah. scares me yeah which is the, which is the thing is that i don't understand I, I can't understand what is what the, the, okay this is the thing which is that at least in sonic have like nothing in common there's no yeah. 
Like there's the, 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 the whole the whole concept of the relationship is just so nonsensical. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, Elisa's whole identity is based on like her shackles, right? Like she is tied to this uh, demon. She is tied to being the princess of a country. She's emotionally not supposed to express herself. Yeah. And yeah. she is put directly next to Sonic, who is, uh, if anything, defined by his lack of those. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I guess I guess I guess I guess Elisa's thing is that she kind of envies this character who seems really cool and free and interesting and such like that. It's kind of like it's a bit adolescent, I guess, in some ways. Like it's a little bit like teenagerish, right? It's totally. Like, oh, it's look at Sonic, you know, he comes around. You know? Um yeah. For me it's sort of uncomfortably gendered. Like and not not just because of Elise, but because uh we've talked about this a little bit before, but there are especially in this game, I think, Sonic ends up representing kind of a very frustrating masculine ideal uh-huh. of uh, someone with power but zero responsibility yep. who absolutely refuses to think about what they're doing or other people's feelings. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's what I did too. I mean, I mean, I mean, at least, I mean, at least like is, is, is removed at pretty much all that. I mean, at least is, a, is um, an archetype in a way that you actually kind of see in a lot of anime which is important because the people who wrote sonic 6 also have written animes before right and so oh, okay yeah it kind of like it, it kind of goes you know her character is very much like a trope in a certain sense yeah and it's hard to see these things because the way the game contextualizes everything is so strange and confusing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's hard it's hard to tell that the parts of it that are interesting and the parts of it that are actually like very banal and that yeah. part is very very banal and it's very typical too honestly. yeah, so, yeah could could or has anyone like recut this game's story to make sense like could you cut <laughs> no. this no I, not, not not that i know of and i don't th- no. I, and I, I it would be an interesting exercise but i don't know that th- that even there are enough ingredients like we finished playing sonic story yesterday and then we watched the silver and shadow cutscenes all, at, uh-huh. all in a row and it actually does like there is super cool stuff that happens yeah yeah, oh, like, yeah very interesting character beats and so forth that like as you watch it and then it shows you a scene from the sonic story again from another perspective and you go oh that's what's going on yeah like that stuff is cool it's just told in like this game is maybe the bad memento of video games <laughs> like the like it, it is told in this like fragmented reverse like all the least important stuff happens at the beginning uh-huh. And all the most important stuff happens at the end <laughs> or in the middle. But but yeah, Sonic doesn't take, he just doesn't take responsibility. I find the structure of this game really interesting and it's worth talking about a little bit because obviously the intent was we want to create a mystery box style thing where every time you learn more information from a different character's perspective, it recontextualizes what you've already seen again. Yeah. Uh, which then puts you in the position of seeing one scene in particular three times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that scene's notable because it features a really sweet shadow freezing time on silver and kicking him in the back of the head, which rolled. Oh, I love that. Uh-huh. Uh, That's fantastic. I have a gif of that. <laughs> it's so good. I got, I got more, I got more powerful every time I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But the, in my experience, uh, the most effective example of that was when you see Mephilus get created from the broken staff if you have already played through silver's story and seen where mephilus came from yeah because it gives you it gives you mephilus knowing shadow's name and like saying oh it's so strange that you would be the one that would then set me free and shadow is like what are you talking about and at the time i really thought that was just like the writing being kind of terrible like oh they're just trying to be dramatic and silly but Um, actually that context is there you just there's no way for you to have it yet yeah this game unlike shadow the hedgehog 2005 was like 
I don't feel like the Shadow the Hedgehog game really rewards you for replaying in terms of context or story. Mm-hmm. It actually like decontextualizes itself. The more endings you see, the less, yeah, like, the less primary you know. any of them are. But in this game, if you do replay the whole thing, you would be like, oh, whoa, mm-hmm. this stuff makes a lot more sense. And in that way, it's a, a much more successful narrative. Yeah, so one of the things about, about Sonic 6's story that a lot of people, I think, have trouble understanding, or even, I guess, care to understand, is that, like, there's a story, like, understands itself. Like, it, it understands what it wants. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty clear that it does. I mean, the reason it doesn't get itself, there's so many reasons why it doesn't get itself across, and yeah. that, that has to do with, like, the way that it's produced and, like, the way that it's presented and stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah. I mean, like, like, on the bare bones of the way that everything goes on, yeah, for sure. Like, it totally understands what it what it wants. And so, like, there's something, like, co- there, there are things about the game, especially the story, that are coherent and make sense. Maybe they don't make sense in terms of, like, some little details here and there. But, right. And, but it's, like, thematically coherent. Yes, we can... Like, the game, like, understands what it's about as yeah. a whole. If you can accept that the game isn't finished and that it just is imperfect, like, there, that there's a lot, there's a lot there that's actually pretty interesting... And now hopefully you can accept that this episode is imperfect and unfinished. But don't worry, the other stories are on their way. Tune in next week, and probably the week after that, where we continue our conversation with Zelani Stewart. Thanks everybody for listening to your 2 show, 06.